Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. This podcast is about sharing strategies and ideas to help business owners build, protect, and transition their businesses for the future while creating more balance in their life. Your host is Thomas J. Perrone, CLUCIC, and president of the New England Consulting Group of Guilford Incorporated, consulting business owners for over 50 years. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth. Hi, I'm Tom Perrone, and I'm your host. And this podcast is all about learning strategies to build your business, to create greater profit, but to create also an abundance of leisure time so you can enjoy what you're building. Today, we have a wonderful guest, and I would like to introduce to you Joanna Brandy, welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. Joanna, so nice to have you today. And I'm thrilled to be here. Well, you know, I was excited about this uh, all week. I was thinking about it because you've done a couple of presentations for our groups, and they've been fantastic. I describe you as one of the best presenters I've ever worked with in presenting the subject and um uh, i know you you really enjoy that but you do such a good job but i know you so i'm going to let the audience know a little bit more about you joanna um first of all joanna is a certified chief happiness officer and has spent 30 years teaching organizations of all kinds and sizes to keep their employees the customers happy and loyal and Joanne is always happy. She's always smiling. And she's the creator of an online learning experience called The Practice of Positive Leadership. Use the science of happiness to engage your employees and keep your customers happy. And she's the author of two books on customer loyalty and illustrated gift book called 54 Ways to Stay Positive in a Changing challenging and sometimes negative world and joanna that's the book i have on my coffee table in my family room and i get a kick out of everybody who picks it up and starts smiling it's a great book thank you so joanna you've got a lot of experience on happiness so i want to ask you how did you get started in this type of profession well, I was, a, I was a marketer. I worked for uh, a company in New York, a technology publishing company called CMP Media, and I was the director of direct marketing. And I was what was known as an intrapreneur. So I ran a full P&L. I ran a division of the company, had amazing staff. But after a while, after about 12 years, I started getting the itch to be an entrepreneur. And I didn't really know what I did well. So I started asking other people, which is interesting because in positive psychology, we teach people to do that. Go around and ask the people that know you well what you do best. And I did just that. Uh, I went mostly to my customers and I said, you know, you've known me for a long time. And, you know, when you work in a small industry like the direct marketing industry, people get to know you really, really well. And I said, when you look at me, like, what do you see? What, what do I do best? And they all said the same thing. You've created a culture of customer service in the industry that everybody's trying to beat. Everybody's trying to beat you because you take such good care of your customers. If you can figure out a way to teach other people how to do that, you're on to something. So I took that advice 
and left but left my big company and my big salary and all of that and and took what I call the flying leap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, just decided that it was time for me to do it. Now I, I gave them, you know, like six months notice and and made sure my staff was fully trained and all of that. Uh, and then I went off onto my own and really started studying what what were the kinds of things that people did. Because, you know, I did it, but that doesn't mean I knew how to teach it. So I basically read every book there was on customer service, uh, went back through my own um, way of thinking about things. I'd already been writing newsletters, so I went back to that and decided that that's where I wanted to spend my time. So I created a, an acronym, actually, because I talked about customer care. And I created an acronym, Create Authentic Relationships with Energy and Enthusiasm with Everyone You Come in Contact With, and took that out into the business world. And I have to tell you, Tom, it wasn't easy <laughs> because uh, what I learned is what they teach you in the fundamentals of marketing, that positioning is done in the mind of the customer. So the old customers I had only saw me as what I used to be even though they told me to change. <laughs> it was really very funny. Hey, so I had to start looking. I had to start looking for new customers until, until people got used to the fact that I was doing something differently. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's almost like uh, 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 in a, uh, an actor being stereotyped like a Shirley Temple. And all of a sudden that's all they, all they see is Shirley Temple. Right. Well, exactly. And all people saw was that I was a great direct marketer and they couldn't, they, even though they, they talked about the fact that I did such a great job when they thought about me, they didn't think about me when they thought about that uh, training or stuff like that. But I eventually became a consultant and a trainer. I got very lucky. I was um, picked up by Inc. Magazine. They used to have a conference called the Customer Strategy Conference. And uh, I was very, very bold. And I would pick up the phone and just call people and say, hey, here's who I am. <laughs> here's what I do. And eventually I got put on their speaking tour. And eventually it was twice a year. I got out in front of big, broad audiences of business owners talking about taking care of your customers. And that's where my business came from. Yeah, And the focus really, the bottom line is what every... A uh, business owner wants the end game is that I want my customers to be happy, not only to work with me, but to come back. Exactly. Uh, loyalty, re loyalty really is what everybody is looking for, providing those customers are profitable. You know, you've been successful doing so many things in your business. Um, I, I ask you this question because I, I know some people, um, you know, some people become successful. They they uh, cut through the chase. They become successful really quick. Some people like me took years to be successful, <laughs> um, and I didn't. I was too dumb to quit because I was an athlete. What do you think it takes for someone to be successful in their business? I think it takes a, a deep belief in themselves and what they're selling. I think they first and foremost really have to believe in. in they have to believe in what they're doing. They have to have a passion for it. Um, they have to be willing to work hard. And I know nowadays there's a whole lot of stuff around about how business can be easy. And I think that's that's an attitude. If, you, if, if you're working hard, but business feels easy, it's because you're in love with it. 
Exactly. Like I always say, if you have a passion, you're never working. You're doing what you want to do during yeah. the day or whatever it might be. And, you know, the funny thing about you, Joanne, is it's not funny, but I, I've watched you now on a number of presentations and the passion you have for what you do is incredible. And it keeps our attention because um, it's a, a great top. It's a good story. It's people want to hear good stories and you have a good story and you educate them. And I think it's a wonderful uh, purpose in life, especially when people are going through tough times with this COVID and stuff. Um, what, what makes you optimistic about the future? Is there anything that's sticking out there with all the things we've been through that you feel shows optimism? Oh, absolutely. I think we finally realized that the people that work in our organizations are human beings and we can't, we can't push them to the max anymore. And as leaders, we have to be able to deal with their emotions. So what I am seeing is that emotional well-being is, is right up there in the list of what people need right now and want right now and are acknowledging right now is that there's the, the silver lining to all this is that we have gotten to know our employees in different ways because now we're, you know, we're in their family rooms and their dogs are running in and their kids are running in, <laughs> you know, providing you have the kind of uh, workplace that people can work at home. Um, I, I think we're begin really beginning to realize that there has to be more humanity at work. And that, to me, is the silver lining. Now, what people will do with it, I don't know, because right now it's really important. We, we have to keep people engaged. Um, and when people feel good about where they work, I'm going to I hesitate to use the word happy because I've gotten so much pushback lately about the word happiness, especially with the timing of where we are. But when people feel good about where they work, who they work for, what they do, they perform better. And I think we're finally beginning to realize that people's emotions are critical to getting the mission of the company fulfilled. There, there's two sides that I talk to a lot of people in the course of a week. There's two elements here. I talk to a lot of employees, service people and stuff that I talk with during the course of the day. And I talk to a lot of employers and, um, you know, again, in my case, I have a lot of companies where they uh, people are home doing this work and it's working out pretty well. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, they fought it. But now I'm finding that a lot of the employees are loving this freedom because they're getting the work done. And with technology, you know, nothing's really going falling through the cracks. Where do you think um, because of COVID, this is going to in relationship with employer and employees where they're remote. How, how do you, uh, what do you think is going to happen in the communication between those two parties? Well, I, I think we have to be very careful that we don't assume when we communicate that people understand what we're communicating. So I'm, I'm a little afraid that people will say, well, you know, it's been going so well. <laughs> it's been going so well, that they won't keep up with it. I, I think the, um, I think, I think, Extroverts especially are having a hard time because they really thrive on other people's energy. And um, that becomes a little difficult. I know we're all getting used to Zoom and the other tools that we're using, but there's something to say about being in a room with people. 
So I think there's still a little bit of a challenge there. And I think that leaders um, have to probably have to work a little bit harder on making sure that people are truly hearing what they're saying uh, and truly feeling like they're appreciated, uh, like they're validated, like they're cared about. I, I think that uh, leaders probably need to continue to and maybe step up the effort to make sure that that people are actually included and don't just appear to be included. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And actually, you're right on target because the one thing that people tell me that they miss the most is the socialization yeah. in a room with their key with their uh, associates. Yeah. Yep. That's the one thing they, they say this is what I miss and it it's it's across the board oh um, absolutely absolutely the conversations that went on casually in the hallway um, when I was working for CMP we were a very fast-growing company so in the time I was there I think we went through we kept we moved four times we kept getting bigger buildings building our own building you know that kind of stuff and we finally ended up in a very, very large building that was that was built to accommodate the kind of explosive growth that we were going through. And we lost something precious, is we lost the, um, the casual conversations that went on in the hallways and in the open spaces, because this new building had fire regulations, which said, you know, there has to be a solid wall between here and here. So we used to, we used to, sort of merged together down Main Street, if you will, you know, as we were walking to the accounting department or somewhere else, you saw a lot of different people and you got a lot of different conversations that were, that just happened. And then as we grew and grew and grew, those conversations didn't happen anymore. And we felt it in the culture. You know, I, I talk about culture all the time because it's one of those value drivers and your, your topic, happiness uh, you know, that fits right in culture. Talk about how important having employees that are happy is to the employer and the community. Well, when, when people are happy at their jobs, and this is measurable, by the way, happiness is now a KPI that can be measured. So we know this. Uh, when people are happy at their jobs, they are more productive, over 30% more productive. So right there is an, something that should have employers opening up their eyes and going, wait, tell me more, tell me more. The thing I think is most important right now is that when people are, let, let's use the expression, experiencing positive emotions, um, because everybody has their own definition of happiness. But when people are experiencing positive emotions or positivity, uh, it causes something to happen in the brain that makes them more creative. The right hemisphere and the left hemisphere begin communicating differently together. And, and we get this holistic out, out, outlook on a problem. So if you're, I get so excited when I talk about this, sorry, yeah. my hands are going, you know me, I've got the hands going. Yeah, yeah. You and I are good like that, Tom. Yeah, oh um, yeah, yeah. But the most exciting thing is that we see an uplift of between 300 to 400% increase in innovation when management focuses on making sure people are getting a lot of those positive emotions. So that's a three to 10 times increase in creativity, which translates to innovation. 
And and uh, through this COVID period, be, that being so important, as you know, and statistics show it, are the employers aware of that, that you've worked with, and what are they doing to sustain that particular aspect of their relationship with their employees? Well, I think, I think some of them are trying hard. I think, I think they're trying hard. I think the, you know, online cocktail parties and charade night and, you know, the kinds of things, people are doing some very, very creative things to keep their employees engaged. Whether or not that translates at the end of the day to employees, I don't know. But I will say that we've seen a massive amount of creative creative activity in the companies that made swift changes, you know, that they they just jumped in there and did what needed to be done to to get their businesses online, to get their customers online. So we, we are seeing a lot of that activity. Where where people are just rising to the core to, to the to rising and um, and being able to come up with new ideas. So that is happening. Um, is it sustainable over time? Not sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. not sure. Uh, one of I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. One of my potential clients, a company I've been talking to for quite a while, is in the healthcare business. And I, I'm astonished when I hear about the things that have changed for them since last January. That j- jobs have changed completely. Trying to make sure that their patients and are, are taken care of. So um, it's it is astonishing. I think we have to be very careful of burnout. I, I think we have to be very careful that we can only have that kind of um, push for so long before people get tired. And I think people are getting tired. I- uh, yeah, I, I, I was going to bring that up because, you know, you've got people wondering through this COVID thing, gee, how long are they going to keep me on here? I know I'm, I was valuable. I'm not sure if I am anymore. I mean, that's got to, you know, you get all of a sudden you start getting uh, a negative point of view in your own head about where the future lies. Um, well, that's true. That's true. And that's where communication comes in, because um, the phrase I use is in, when, when there is not enough communication, people MSU, you know, they make stuff up yep. based on what they're hearing from other people, based on what they're reading, et cetera, et cetera. So I think clearly leaders have the opportunity here to to over communicate <laughs> rather than under communicate to make sure that people know what's going on. Uh, it's truly unfair to keep people in the dark, especially now, because we are, our minds are um, being, we're so focused, there's so much fear. There's so much fear. I spoke yesterday at a local chamber meeting online, of course, and we were. that's what we were there to address, is that the fact that people are watching the TV, they're they're on, the, you know, with what's going on in the world right now, people are spending a lot of time focusing on that because it threatens our very way of being, very way of living. And um, and they're spending too much time, too much time. And, and what that does to the brain is it keeps us, and the brain and the body, is it keeps us in a perpetual state of fear. 
which produces chemicals that wear down the physical systems in the body. On the other hand, when we focus on the goodness or the optimism or you know what's good about this and what's possible about this, when we focus on that, it produces chemicals in the body that put our body into that parasympathetic healing mode. So we want some dopamine, we want some oxytocin, we want some serotonin, we want some endorphins. And when we produce those kinds of chemicals by staying in that more positive, upbeat, uh, optimistic outlook, our bodies are better able to deal with germs, colds, flus, and I'm assuming COVID. So there's actually an interaction uh, between our emotions and our immune system. So when we hang on to a negative emotion for more than five minutes, it can shut down our immune system for up to six hours. That's a scary thing. You talk about, you know, you, I've, through your, your discussions, uh, I've learned that I've heard you say the, um, uh, it's, it's so important to pay attention to happiness at work because the happiness DNA can determine your success. And we, we touched that a, a little bit now, but you know, that on every day, if people are being told they're doing a great job, that's great. But in this last nine months, we're not getting that social interaction yeah. every day. So how is that affect? I know we talked about affecting employers, but how is this affecting employees that you have talked to? Well, you know what? I believe that some leaders are doing a great job. They're making the extra effort to find somebody doing something right and giving them some appreciation, giving some, them some recognition. And they can do that verbally. They can do that in front of the team. Uh, they can do that with an email. So some people are paying a- attention to that. I think by and large, uh, employers are not doing enough to make sure that employees have these little stress management skills uh, some are, some aren't. Uh, but I think right now employers should be looking at mindfulness training for their people, you know, the kind of stuff I teach on um, uh, just being a, being mindful about where your attention is going. And then taking a look at it and evaluating, is this really where I want my attention to go? And there, there are some very simple skills. There are breathing skills. There are uh, things people can do to make sure they're getting up more often. The one thing I am hearing about is that with the people that are working at home, um, some of them are actually getting more balanced in their ability to, you know, get up and take a walk, uh, maybe eat a healthy meal. So, you know, there, there, there's, um, there are a couple of those things that are emerging right now. My question to all employers would be, what are you doing to enhance the emotional well-being of your people? Because I, I, like I said, I'm afraid people are getting, are, are getting burnt out because honestly, we all thought this would be over by now. <laughs> That's all of it. us, you know, yeah. those of us, and, and many people, and, and I, I don't know what the toll is going to be, but there are people like me who can't see their family. And, and that's tough over time. You know, you can't do some of your normal activities. That's tough over time. It's okay if you thought, you know, we all thought it would be over by Christmas, which is why I think we're seeing so many people travel, even though 
the science is telling us maybe that's not such a good idea. People are fed up. Uh, yeah, and management's got uh, a refocusing on two elements, not only their employees, but they have to refocus their message to sustain their customer focus. Oh, yes, absolutely. Because customers have different sets of needs now. So those needs have to be addressed. And some of that is some of that ha- can be done digitally. And, and some of it has to be done more personally. So I think everybody's got to reevaluate what does my customer need now? And it may mean that different kinds of customers need different kinds of things. So it's a, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity for people to dig deeply into their database and see if they have groups of customers that have certain kinds of needs and how they can address those needs. And I think also, you know, I had a situation at the bank yesterday um, they're so stressed out. Employee employees are so stressed out <coughs> that they are. It's affecting how they deal with the customers. So we have to look. We have to look at it. I think people have to have a broader outlook now, right? Yeah. We have to. We yeah. have to be really thinking about how are the employees affecting the customers. How are the customers affecting the employees? And what can we do to keep those customers? You know. You- yeah, you on a calling and asking is a good is a good strategy to start with. You you mentioned discretionary behavior. Is that what you're talking about? Well, when I talk about discretionary behavior, I talk about that thing that everybody seems to want. They want their employees to go the extra mile. That's what discretionary behavior is. And I talk about it so much because when when the employee feels um that 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 the management knows who they are, recognizes their strengths, uses their strengths, gives them the opportunity to be creative without um, I talk about I talk about it in terms of comfort zone. You know, a leader's job is to get people out of their comfort zone and into their stretch zone. But I add to that without ever putting them in the panic zone. So when we know how to coax people out of their comfort zone, and goodness knows everybody's out of their comfort zone now, you know, without the panic zone, employees appreciate that so much that they just naturally begin going the extra mile. It's actually a a human behavior, right? You know, you do something for me, I want to do something for you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's a it's a human, uh, you know, uh, knee slap. It's so you do it for me. I want reciprocity. I want to help you out. Um, you know, for people that for the most part are givers and want to help, uh, you know, you, um, you wrote that book, 54 ways to stay positive, which I totally enjoy. I took <laughs> it up all. Tell us how you decided to write that book. Oh, well, that was, that was funny. I didn't decide to write that book. I was teaching customer care up in New Jersey to uh, a large client of mine who I would, I would go and I, I would teach uh, several times a year for them. And then I would do that. We had a, we had a monthly audio tape uh, back in those days that we used to send out. And I'm up in New Jersey one day teaching customer care people uh, how to stay positive in the face of negative people, how to stay positive in the face of negative situations. And this was long before I became a happiness coach, by the way, long before. And somebody in the back of the room raised her hand and said, Joanna, 
How do you stay positive in a negative world? And, you know, you kind of, you half swallow your tongue and then you take a breath and then you go, well, here are some of the things that I do personally. And said, I tell you what, I'm going to get back to you next month with at least 13 things that you can do to stay positive in a negative environment. And so I started collecting them. Everything that I knew how to do, I started talking to my friends about what they did. It just began to grow. And eventually I had, oh, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 of these things. I don't know. <laughs> and I started writing about them. And uh, I put them into a like a manuscript format. And I took them to a friend of mine who was a publisher. And I said, what do you think about this? He goes, it's great, but it needs pictures. So I took the manuscript and I literally carried it in my briefcase for years. And every time I'd go to one of these marketing meetings, if somebody said they were an illustrator, I'd whip out the manuscript. <laughs> <laughs> Until one day I ran into uh, Joanne Goldsmith down here in Fort Lauderdale at a marketing meeting. And she took one look at this and said, I can do that. And lots of other people had t done it, you know, before taken the manuscript and gave me back uh, prototypes and things like that, but none of them were right. And hers were right. She meditated every one of those pictures. And it's very sad. I found out that she passed away in July. Oh, that's sad. Uh, yeah. And two years ago, because that book was first published, oh, goodness knows when, the early 2000s, uh, two years ago, I was sitting in meditation one day and I literally heard a voice that said, update that book. And I did. I did because it needed the illustrations needed updates, you know, from walking around with a Walkman, <laughs> you know, to holding a smartphone. And um, she was able to do that. And so uh, about a year ago, year and a half ago, I uh, redid the book and I'm really glad I did. It's really a, it's a, I did. Joanna, how could people get that book? That's on Amazon or any one of the online booksellers. 54 right. Ways to Stay Positive in a Changing, Challenging, and Sometimes Negative World, Second Edition. Second Edition. Second you, Edition or Revised Edition, whatever they call it. And you have a special report you were telling me about? Oh, yes. You know what I did in the last year? Uh, for leaders, I, I believe that part of what I teach is that it's so important for leaders to know what they want to be, not just what they want to do. So I started, you may have seen it in uh, LinkedIn, I started talking about the B attitudes. How do you need to be? And I just finished compiling a report of uh, the B attitudes. So at returnonhappiness.com slash BE hyphen attitudes, people can find the special report on positive, what are the B attitudes for positive leaders in, in challenging times? in uncertain times, basically. I will put those in the show notes because I know that. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Thank you. So if you Thank send you. that I'm to just me. Starting, I'm just starting to release it now. We just completed it. I'm just starting to release it. And uh, I'm. It's, it's easy to read. It's only about three pages, but it's very stimulating in the sense that we're always thinking about what do leaders need to do. And I'm talking about what do leaders need to be. And, and I know we had a discussion that very soon you will be giving us little snippets of 
information one at a time so that we can oh, unlink my it. ABCs. Did I did I let it did I let the secret out or what? No, 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 no. I just think it's it's just a fun idea I had because people seem to misunderstand people. When I say positive leadership, I think there's an assumption in people's minds that what I'm talking about is the opposite of negative leadership. It's not that at all. I'm talking about a very specific methodology for bringing the practices of positive psychology into your leadership. So I decided what, what's the simplest way to do anything is to go back to the ABCs. So I'm going to be doing the ABCs of positive leadership. I'll be recording videos and putting them online at LinkedIn and at my business Facebook page, the Return on Happiness Facebook page. Yeah, it's oh, fun. It's kind good. of fun. It's, it's been fun walking around. You know, whenever I'm creating and, and building a program or something, I, I am in the fa the habit of, of always having index cards with me. You know, I am old fashioned when it comes to some things. And my creative process is mostly on paper. So I keep them even when I walk on the beach, I have a little fanny pack with a pen. And, and so every time something pops in in my mind, I can capture it. Now, I do it sometimes on my phone, but I don't always have my phone with me because <clears throat> sometimes you need time away from your electronic devices. We, well, you know, that's I, I, that's a great segue into this question, because I, in my book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, I talk about taking a lot of time off and how healthy it is for you. And that's my question. How important is I know the answer, but how is important? How important it is for employees to take time off from their jobs? It's huge, and and you know, with modern technology, we don't get time off from our jobs because we have our emails coming into our phones, into our iPads. It's so critically important. The brain needs some downtime from from the workday, and so it's important to set aside some time every week. For these quiet activities, I talk about creating an oasis. Where can you create an oasis? It, it can, honestly, the brain responds whether it's 15 minutes or 15 hours. Of course, we need the big chunks of time too, but where can we take these mini vacays? Where can we, when can we get out to nature and only look at nature? Be in the looking at nature, be in the trees, be with the flowers, be with wherever, the, the lake, wherever you're walking. Um, so critical because we're our human brains haven't caught up with technology. So we need downtime from working and we need downtime from technology in order for our lives to be balanced. I I can tell you, and if if people don't believe what I'm going to tell them, try it for 30 days. But the more time you take off, the more creative you get, the more great ideas you have. Uh, I, I can only tell you that I ran a business for, for the last 40 years of my practice on 80 days a year where I did my work and I was very creative. And I tell people all the time, uh, just like you said, when you take off, take off. Don't bring your phone with you. Don't do this. Don't bring a, a, an industry magazine because it is critical, Joanne. And I've learned that from your your, your discussions. It, it really uh, impacted me even more so hearing the data that you gave on that. Um, and now do employers buy into that? 
Uh, some do. <laughs> yeah, some do. <laughs> the ones that don't send you email at night and over the weekends do. Yeah. You know, if, if, there's, if there's a rule that says we finish work at six o'clock here, then don't send people an email at nine. Because even though you tell them, and I learned this myself personally, uh, is even though you tell them, oh, well, I'm just sending it now because I'm working now. Come on. You're giving them the example. We naturally assume that. You know, if you're working at nine o'clock at night, then I should be working at nine o'clock at night. Right. I, I really respect the younger people. That I think they've got the right idea. Uh, they are seeking balance. And, you know, it's really the young people we need to run our companies now. So we really must respect the fact that they're they're seeking that balance. They want more time with families. Although I must tell you that there are very likely there are people now that would like less time with their families. <laughs> well, they've had so much time. But you know, remember, <laughs> at least in my case, um, I we were brought our my generation was brought up with hearing about the depression and working, always working. And to get out of that paradigm, you really had to force yourself to do what I did. And but the younger people understand the time and balance in life. Um, you know, this is very important to them. And I, I agree with you. I think it's an important time, but I think it's one of the most important things you can do as a value driver for your employees, for your company, that kind of thing. Joanna, do, do your courses, you have courses online. Are any of those courses built for healthcare? Uh, people like social workers, psychiatrists who are going through a tremendous amount of work now. Uh, did you design anything just specifically for them? No, I haven't. I haven't specifically designed that. What I have designed is a course on positive leadership that teaches how to bring the science of happiness or the science of positive psychology <laughs> into the workplace to get the higher performance, to get the discretionary behavior, and to and to feel better as a leader yourself and experience more of the positive emotions and less of the negative emotions. It's not specifically deal, uh, uh, written for anyone other than companies that have a high degree of customer focus, which is not exactly a niche, but um, for people that are used to hearing uh, the importance of a customer, it's, it's mostly for companies like that, that are already, they already understand. Um, that they have to focus their people on taking great care of the customers. You know, you know so much about this because this is your profession. But I, it's, it, my daughter is a social worker, and I, in the you know, and she talks to people all day long around the world. And um, it seems to me these are the people that also need to get some positive feedback because all they're hearing is very. Yeah depressing yeah. stories, right? I, I know. I just read some sort of statistic within the last couple of days about the shortage. There's such a shortage now of mental health professionals because everybody's got a mental health issue. Um, so no, there is nothing that I've done specifically geared towards those folks. It's a great idea. Um, I'm don't know. I wouldn't at this very moment want to focus my attention on just that yeah. one group. Yeah. Um, I think the people that really need focus are the people like the home health care people, the people that are, I think the people out, you know, those people, we, we all talk about working at home, but there's a, a whole bunch of people that are not working at home. 
that are out there are essential workers. They're they're working in other people's homes. They're 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 working to make sure our packages get to where they're going. Uh, I think those people are in tr- tremendous stress. Oh, I could see it the way they rush around. It's amazing. Um, Joanna, you have a lot of material and we get more from you through LinkedIn and social media. Uh, For people who want to get more information, and again, I will put in the show notes where to contact you. Is there anything in particular you would point them to on your website to, to download or get? Yeah, my main website, which is returnonhappiness.com, there's a tab at the top with a drop-down menu that I think it says blogs, videos, and more. There is, um, uh, I, I, I don't know how many, I, truthfully, I lost track of, you know, 30, 40, 50, 100 articles. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of articles on my website. Um, I have a YouTube channel, which is joannabrandy.tv. Uh, it could be better managed, but it is what it is at the moment because there's only one of me at the moment. Um, so this, I have a lot of material out there. Um, Good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I am about to put up a, a program on a on a platform. Just just one on happiness. Nothing to do with the business end of it. I just did a three part series for anybody who wanted to attend on happiness uh, and just just to get people little hints as to what they could do just to make their life a little bit happier. I don't I don't think we're going to make any giant leaps right now, but I think when we put our attention on certain things, we can we can we can expand the moment and we can feel more positive emotion in the moment. I think it's so critical to immune health to actually make sure we're taking time for positivity in our day. Absolutely. And that's a great message. And well, listen, I want to thank you. I'm going to put all the uh, contact information in the show notes. And, um, but I really want to thank you. Um, you. You give us a lot of time, a lot of your time. You have great material, you have great messages. And I want to thank you very much for uh, giving us the time and sharing with us today. Oh, Tom, you know it's my pleasure. Well, listen, enjoy. And thank you once again, Joanna. Thank you. And may this be a happy new year. (laughs) Same to you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. It was a good show today. And uh, if you would help us out by subscribing, click a like. Uh, If you have any ideas or thoughts that you would like to share with us, please email me at tperone, that's P-E-R-R-O-N-E, at N-E-C-G-G-I-N-C dot com. And if you are a business owner or you know business owners that would like to participate on our show, certainly let me know. We certainly welcome everyone who is a business owner to help people out there that are running businesses with great ideas and strategies to make them successful. So again, thanks for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Whenever you're ready to grow and protect your business while creating more balance in your life, here are three steps you can take. One, subscribe to this podcast. To request a free copy of Tom's newly published book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, email tom at tperone at N-E-C-G-G-I-N-C, Inc. 
www.dnaconsultants.com. And on the subject line, type DNA, include your mailing address. And thirdly, take the one-minute scorecard and report to see how efficient you are in your business planning. Email tperone at n-e-c-g-g-i-n-c.com and request scorecard. For additional information, click the show notes.